When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Listening to the AZ Wildcats podcast brought to you by DraftKings. Great deal going on right now. You throw down $5 on an NFL game coming up here. And if you win, you get $280 in free plays. It's that simple, that easy. Make it happen. With John Schuster, I'm Mike Luke. All right, a lot to get to tonight. Obviously, we're not talking, I think, exactly what we uh, uh, wanted to be talking about here, Shu. But um, first and foremost, this was a game where. You could tell pretty early on, actually, I don't say early on, but I would say within, by about the 10-minute mark, that you were going to be getting a game UCLA team right here. And and quite frankly, a team that just looked quicker across the board, that looked more ready, that looked more fluid, and that really never stopped. Arizona just looked out of its element tonight, and... um, you know, this is this this was a t- this was a tough game. This was a very tough game, Shu. If you didn't think that you were going to get a game UCLA team coming in, mm-hmm. that's on you, right? <laughs> with with the resilient nature of this team uh, of UCLA over the course of the last couple of years, uh, you know, not expecting them to play well and try to uh, establish dominance in this conference. Uh, is is a pipe dream and Arizona was not ready for what UCLA delivered. Most of the loose balls went their way. And I know we're going to talk individually about Crease's performance, but you can talk individually about a lot of performances for Arizona tonight. And collectively, they just could never get comfortable. They couldn't make shots and UCLA looked like the much more aggressive, much more mature, much more composed team and dominated this game throughout and and the score is indicative of that hopefully mike this is a this is one of those learning moments in year one uh because you know arizona got its ass kicked tonight and needs to regroup to try to get back on track 
Yes, I think you hit the nail on the head when you said it looked like a more mature team. It looked like a team that had been there before. It looked like a team that, well, quite frankly, had been to the Final Four the previous year. Um, I think a lot of people were maybe dulled into a, or you know lulled into a little bit of sense of complacency because UCLA, we can be honest, hadn't played well um, recently, coming back from their COVID hiatus. But at the same time, you got the number three ranked team in the nation coming in and. I guess where I want to find out, and we're going to get to all of your comments. We already got we already got about fifty comments here, so you, we'll get to all of you guys here as uh, quickly as we can. I bet but, all of them are happy and optimistic. Yes, right, exactly. So, look, a couple things that uh, really kind of threw me off here: what's correctable and what's not. Now, let's talk a little bit. I'm obviously Kirk Crease is zero for twelve. We're going to talk. We'll 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 lead with that. I don't worry about the O for 12 because honestly, I think he's going to make shots in the future. I don't, I don't necessarily worry about that, but, and I was, I've talked about it and I put it out there on Twitter. I never felt really comfortable with all of the talking that has gone on, whether it's at the officials, whether it's talking to the commentator, because Yes, you can do that, but you also make yourself a target at some point and against a team like Stanford or Cal whatever, but UCLA tonight, they came, their plan from the very beginning of the game was to go right at Kirk Creasa on both ends of the court. Uh, Tiger Campbell, they wanted to get him going off early. And then uh, conversely, they were pressuring Creasa the entire time and he didn't handle it well whatsoever. And I think the thing about it is it's a little concerning is that you know, curse the guy that gets on Twitter right after the game and, you know, likes to, you know, basically tell people, ah, I told you this, this and that. I would be surprised if he's on Twitter tonight. I'm just saying I don't like I, I've never really liked for somebody that's not a proven commodity to really be to that. And I think he was humbled a little bit tonight. Well, hopefully that's the case. And I think part of the issue and I get I get. I get what you're saying. I mean, you know, he is a he's a guy that generally speaking is is obviously a polarizing figure for uh, Arizona basketball. He's not at all a polarizing figure for the rest of the conference and fans in the conference. The rest of the conference can't stand him, right. uh, you know, which is OK. You know, right. it, it, it's OK to be the villain. It's good to be the villain. You know, if, if you can back it up and 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 you very often this year, he's been able to and Arizona has been able to. The concern I have, I guess, in regards to Crease's attitude mm -hmm. is if it's contagious for the rest of the team. And tonight was an indication where, yes, UCLA went straight at Crease because they know Crease is a defensive liability. But as the game progressed, UCLA's maturity did the same to the rest of the Wildcat contingent. We can talk all we want about the bad game Creesa has, and I suspect we're going to talk a lot about that. Coloco was completely out of his element. Right. And, and was in a position on the floor where he should have been in control. The difference in this game going in, Mike, and you noted this um, I, in some of the platforms a little early on as you were breaking this one down, is you thought Tiger Campbell was going to be an – and it factor in this game because you knew UCLA was going to try to exploit that advantage because we've seen Creasa be a liability on defense. Right. What I think you hoped for on the other end, and the reason that you and I both picked Arizona in this game by a hell of a lot larger margin than came out, it, well, obvious. Um, and, and what I mean by that is obviously we thought Arizona was going to score a hell of a lot more points, um, is that Arizona was going to be 
effective and potentially dominant on the inside. And that didn't happen at all. So we can sit here and talk all we want about Carissa, in essence, being kind of the smarmy bully who gets his punch. But it's a lot bigger than that, punch. for sure. But Arizona collectively got its nose punch tonight. And yes. hopefully that's the learning experience that they can take out of this. Now, how many teams out there have UCLA's maturity and UCLA's ability to go about right. this? Right. Maybe not a lot, but by that token, you know, there are a lot of physical teams out there. And one of the things that we didn't necessarily talk about going in, I don't want to get too sidetracked because I know there are a lot of folks who want to chime mm -hmm. in as well, and they deserve to do For so. Sure. We were talking about Arizona, and they still clearly are, being one of the important factors in this conference and that the schedule gets really interesting coming up with some of the games in the near future. One of the things we didn't get to was the other what if. What if Arizona loses these games? Right. Then what does that mean in regards to uh, their standing and how quickly they can rebound from an overall confidence standpoint? Because it's easy when you win by 25. Right. But when you get punched in the nose and humbled like Arizona did tonight, now there's regrouping that has to be done. You know, let's get to all right. So let's get to a bunch of the comments, and that's what makes uh, that's what we really like here. We don't want to just hear from ourselves and talk about ourselves. We want to be able to hear from other people. So all right, a couple different questions here. Um, first of all, let's go to, and I apologize because <laughs> there's so many comments here. This is an interesting comment here that I want. Anthony Humbert says, and love Anthony Humbert. Um, he says, look, I hate to say it, but Arizona is soft. I am going to agree to a certain extent, but I'm also going to disagree with, uh, with our guy right here. We've talked about it before. Arizona is weird in that they are not a physical team. Like you watch them out there. This was a game that uh, Coloco, this was a game that Tabellas needed to be able to push some guys around and be able to score because, quite frankly, they have a height advantage. From that perspective, I think you can make that case that maybe they're not soft, but they're not physical. The one thing, though, that I'm going to disagree with my guy on, and again, love Anthony, the one thing I'm going to disagree with him on, though, is this team has shown throughout the season when they get down big, especially on opposing teams' home courts, Illinois, Tennessee, especially when they're getting job, that they're able to get back in the game. There's really no quit in them there. So that is never a quality to me or that is never a, a negative to me as far as a, uh, you know, as far as being soft. But, you know, when you look at them, though, they they were bigger than UCLA. They should have been able to have an advantage on the boards. And quite frankly, they didn't. And you made the point, too. A lot of people are beating up Kerr, but this was a really tough night for Christian Coloco as well. This is a tough night up and down the line. Matherin right. couldn't shoot. Although one of the things about Matherin, I got in a disagreement with uh, somebody else who was checking in with me uh, from time to time who didn't like Matherin's performance uh, at all. And from a shooting standpoint, I get it. At least Matherin looked like he knew that it was incumbent upon him to try to get them back into the game. And so he made an effort. It's just that the effort didn't ultimately work. But as the game progressed, and it was clear that Arizona wasn't going to make the rally that I think a lot of us were looking for and expecting. And when Arizona cut it to eight, and Hawkins hit the two big shots that boosted the lead back up to 13. That was probably the last nail. And at that point, collectively, Arizona wilted like a sunflower. And right. that's what Anthony's talking about and what the Cats have to avoid. They were UCLA was more physical at every spot and good enough to get away with that. That's the difference. That's one of the things that Arizona's been able to work through. Uh, Arizona's got talent, and Arizona has a style of play that continually puts pressure on other teams. 
Let's use Illinois as an example. Illinois is a good basketball team that won a game tonight without their impact player right. against Michigan State. Okay, mm -hmm. held off Michigan State. Illinois is a good physical basketball team that maybe doesn't have the talent that Arizona has. So Arizona wasn't any um, general. Arizona has the ability to use its skill set to be effective, even against physical teams. But against UCLA's maturity, they always had an answer. And I think part of the problem tonight was how active UCLA was on defense. And UCLA did something that I thought was really interesting from the get-go. It's offensively, they did a really nice job exploiting Kerr and then opening up a lot of other things on the floor, including Riley making three shots with his left hand and Coloco not picking up that that's something that maybe you ought to defend. And we're going to get, yes, we're going to get to that. You Because you and I were talking during the game about that, and it – that that was baffling to me because that was the situation where you know that he's left-handed, right? And and again, I'm not. It's not like you're playing against, uh, you know, an you're NBA not playing against James Harden. Yes, exactly. And he kept mm -hmm. getting to his left hand. Each left time. hand, and 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 Tabellus let that open up. That is that is basketball 101. When you're defending a lefty, make them beat you with their right hand. And, mm -hmm. and 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 if they get the left hand on you, it's over. Forget it. Right. Close the book. And Arizona gave that up a lot tonight. My larger concern defensively with UCLA, and I thought this was excellent scouting on Conan's part, was that UCLA made it difficult on Arizona from the point of entry. Every pass was deflected because they knew they had a height disadvantage. So right. they had to disrupt out on the perimeter when Arizona was trying to pass and move the ball around. And as a result, they were a lot more active and got to and deflected a lot of things that caused Arizona to get inefficient offensively and make things difficult at the moment and as the game moved along. All right. Our guy Shane Diefenbach over at uh, ASU says, fire everyone, clean house. I can no longer back the A. I think Shane's talking about the program that he covers and does a very good job over there. Okay, now let's get to let's get to more, some more of these comments here. Um, let's see here. Let's see, <laughs> Leah. I'm sad. Me too, Leah. <laughs> but uh, exactly, what well, kind of what Leah said, and, and I think what a lot of Wildcat fans might be thinking. Wait, we stayed up this late for this. Well, yeah, and some of our guy KB Thiel just put on there. Sean Seeley right there put UCLA played excellent defense from start to finish. Those shot blocks or those block shots changed the game as well. He's spot on right there. UCLA, to me, it was more than just making shots. UCLA was active. They were engaged on both sides of the court. Now, Arizona, there was a lot of shots that Arizona generally makes. But this was a UCLA team that looked like they had been there before, that they looked focused, and their pieces just kind of fit. I thought Arizona was going to win this game, but UCLA also gave us a reminder, shoe that this is a team that came within a couple baskets of winning the national championship. Which we year. never should have forgotten. And I, I think in the longer I, I think in the longer scope, and I hope Arizona's just fine, and this is a one-off outlier, and I think there's a possibility that that's the case. Arizona's played a lot of games this year, and we know that sometimes the level of competition has not been particularly good. But Arizona, the, the, this was a dreadful performance for Arizona. The Cats got a lot of open looks in this game that just didn't fall yeah. either. And, and I think that steamrolled as well. And it's one of those things that can happen. Happens to a lot of teams. It happened to Arizona tonight. I think – you know, one of the things that uh, we'll find out as this thing moves along is how well Arizona builds on it. And, uh, you know, we'll, uh, but consider this just for a moment, Mike. 
if you were told at the beginning, obviously, if this if the phrase starts with "if you were told," you know that things went completely different correct, than you correct. expected. Okay, if you were told that UCLA is going to score seventy five points in this game, yes, what do you think would have happened? Take it, because I think Arizona's going to score eighty five points. Exactly, Arizona wins. Right. You look at that number. UCLA scores seventy five points based on what we've seen from the Cats, and you think, "Wait a minute, are you kidding me?" Right. Arizona wins this game. Can Arizona wins this game convincingly because it does what we've expected Arizona to do? Right. And you, you know, be be consistent and functional on the offensive end. Get its act together. This was such a dreadful performance on the offensive end, and I think obviously a lot of that, most of it, was UCLA. But even when Arizona couldn't get open look, could get open looks, and they had their share, they just couldn't right. make them. Okay, now let's uh, let's get to Christian Coloco. Well, first and foremost, everybody's having a bad night. Let's first talk about the DraftKings Sportsbook app. That'll cheer everyone up. Code word PHNX. You throw down $5 on a game, uh, NFL game, and if you win, you get $280 in free plays. That simple, that easy. Make it happen. Um, I don't know who I actually – shoot, who do you like in the games this week? Uh, I like the Rams to win, and I like the I like the Rams and the Chiefs. I think that's your Super Bowl right that's there. Probably how it ought to be, right? But San Francisco knows what LA wants to do, and you're right. still talking about a Rams team that's stupid. And you're a big Jimmy, <laughs> just, but think, you're also think, a big Jimmy Garoppolo fan. There may be nobody in the history of forever who has loved a quarterback at the level that I love Jimmy Garoppolo. Here's and, what we are. Here's what we also love. 21 and up, Arizona only. If you've got a gambling issue, call 1-800-NEXT-STEP. They'll get you right back on your feet, and they'll get you right back to the DraftKings Sportsbook app, code word PHNX. All right, let's talk a little bit about Christian Coloco here. This has been a little bit of a concern, and again, I don't want this to come off like the sky is falling. This is still one of the top 10 teams in the country. So we we need to preface that. That's a very important uh, part to put by, there. By the way, speaking of preface, to give you an example, UCLA got its ass kicked by Gonzaga. Mm-hmm. UCLA's still good. Right. Teams get their ass kicked every now and again. Arizona got its ass kicked tonight. Right. Yeah, that's fair. That's fair. Okay. So, all right. Christian Coloco is a guy that, you know, at the beginning of the season, everyone was like, oh, my gosh, including myself. We're like, this, this guy is – this is what a lottery pick looks like. This is what a top ten pick looks like. Now, before – I was – first of all, I was wrong on Christian Coloco. In that, you know, uh, I didn't think that he would ever really amount to much here at the U of A. I was clearly wrong on that. So that is very important to put out there. But I think what we also saw, some of my concerns, though, about him are manifest when they play good teams. He has a very difficult time outside of the easy alley-oops finishing around the basket. And the game at points seems too fast for him. And I don't know that that's something that's ever going to be really corrected. And again... I'm not spiking the football here because the football's already been spiked in my face. I was wrong. But this is, I think, going to be a guy that's always going to have certain limitations, Shoe. Your face holds up really well for being spiked on. That's that man. That is uh, that you're, you, you've got lumberjack tenacity. I do. And I, I don't do. mean just NAU. Right. Uh, so hopefully Arizona can build some of that as well. But I think you're right. And, and it's weird because Arizona's such a fast team when we talk about the game being too fast, but there's a physicality on defense that can still move Coloco out of comfort zones. And I think teams are doing a much better job of that. And then when he has to try to sort of improv on the offensive end, 
That's when he right. gets into a little bit of trouble. Uh, right. So what he probably ought to do, maybe, is if he gets the ball and it isn't an obvious dunk, uh, you know, maybe you kick, kick, you know, you kick it out and reset again and try to get a better look. I think Ricky Garrett's spot on here, by the way. Mm -hmm. And it's one of the things to be aware of. And I wouldn't be surprised if after they look at video, if Arizona's coaching staff talks a little bit about this when they're previewing the game in a uh, down the road in a few days, uh, that Arizona did miss a lot of makeable shots, including a lot of makeable shots close to the basket. And maybe a lot UCLA had a lot to do with that because they made Arizona uncomfortable in some other possessions and it just kind of steamrolled. But by the same token, those are shots that teams are capable of making. And under normal circumstances, perhaps, uh, you know, will Arizona will be allowed to make those again and change the outcome when they play the next time in McHale. Yeah. One thing too, that I think uh, that people need to, you, you did not get a good Azulis Tabellas. Now, you made the point when I was messaging you during the game that, you know what, he looked like he was moving okay, but he certainly didn't look like – he looked like a guy that probably hadn't been playing much lately because he's generally pretty efficient around the basket. That really wasn't the case tonight. Um, he just kind of looked out of his element, to be honest with you. And I would imagine you'll get a better Azulis Tabellas next time, but – you know, who knows exactly what was going on there? Because he did, he certainly didn't look right. I'm pleased that he played, and uh, Mr. Thiel is right. He did get just abused off the dribble, which is a lateral movement thing, which right. plays directly to the ankle. The good news here, and I think it's absolutely good news, it doesn't look like the ankle injury is serious. And from a long-term standpoint, I think he'll be fine. And there's reason to believe it will get better. As the game progressed tonight, it looked like it was bothering him a little bit more in his mobility. I thought when he came in at first, his mobility was surprisingly good. I was admitting Yeah, I did too. Uh, as the game progressed, it looks like things got a little bit more stiff, sort of in the capacity that we saw with Larson for the first half of the season, where mm -hmm. it just wasn't quite right. right. So, you know, all, all, all things considered, it it's not what you want to see, but I don't think it's alarming either. Uh, from a long-term standpoint. And and he's a guy who I think can obviously do a lot of good things for Arizona. The one, guy that's, one guy that obviously didn't play well, but you know what? I don't have any real problem with his performance here. And may, feel free, everyone out there, to slap me around because I'm, pro I'm probably wrong on this. Um, but Ben Matherin did not play well. But... Missed a lot of shots that he normally makes around the hoop. But you know what I like about Ben Matherin in this game? Even though he was out of his element, he was still attacking. He was still going at the basket. He was just missing a lot of shots. And he starts pressing. But Matherin was the one guy out there to me, that, or one of the handful of guys out there, that didn't look like he folded. It looked like he was just basically pulling the Russell Westbrook where it's not working. I'm just going to try even harder. But... It didn't look like the moment was too big for him. It just looked like he was pressing. Would you? Yeah. Uh, would I, I you think do? that's right. I, I think that's a, an excellent way to put it, the pressing aspect. And what has happened, we've seen this with Arizona. We saw it in, against Illinois. We saw it in the Tennessee game. Is that Matherin was excellent at single-handedly getting, keeping Arizona around and getting Arizona back into the game. I right. think as a result, what happened is that he now feels like it's his responsibility to do that in these moments. And tonight it just didn't work out. Right. Okay. Now, a lot of people want to talk about Tommy Lloyd here. Um, I don't. I'll I'll let you. I'll let you. I'll let you go here first, shoe, because you're okay. the Gonzaga, you're the Gonzaga guy. Did you? Was there anything out there that you were you questioned from Tommy Lloyd? Absolutely. Uh, 
and this is and 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 I've seen this from during the keep in mind we're no longer well. on, we're no longer at the radio. You can say whatever you want. And no, well, no, no, no. It's not. It's it. it it's not that. I was. I know that he went into this game concerned that UCLA's backcourt was not going to turn the ball over. Right. But he yielded that from the get-go, and Arizona didn't press nearly enough to try to up move tempo a little bit. I think he was concerned going in that that, that UCLA's backcourt had better skill and was going to be able to get easy looks as a result if Arizona was going to trap. But the fact that Arizona almost never did really fascinated me. And it's one of the things, it's the first time this year where he yielded style to another team and he let that other team be more physical. Lloyd has usually done a a really, Lloyd's really usually done a good job of trying to go into the bucket and saying, okay, if A doesn't work, let's try B. If B doesn't work, let's try C. If C doesn't work, let's try D. Eventually we're going to do our thing, figure it out and get back into this thing. And tonight it was much different. UCLA, as a result, was able to dictate tempo from point A to point B throughout the course of the game. And uh, as they did that, you know, it was uh, it, it was just one of those things where Arizona couldn't string enough together. Now, in the first four minutes of this game, it felt like the game that I expected. On another platform, I thought Arizona, I think I picked Arizona something like 104 to 92. I think you picked Arizona at about the same margin somewhere. We both had about an 80 to 10 point victory, yeah. But. We had an eight to point, 10 point victory where Arizona scores at least 90 points. And right. if you watch the first four minutes of that game, it's like, holy crap, we underestimated this. Mm-hmm. And then UCLA stabilized and Arizona could never get back into flow after that. So, so to UCLA's credit, they were better at doing what they wanted to do. And that's where Lloyd didn't do enough to try to change the trajectory of the way things were going. And yes, I think that was absolutely frustrating to me as well. Yeah, one one thing, and I think Saul Bookman hits a nail on the head. I want to caution against overreaction here, though, on this, because if you look at it, and I'm going to read a tweet here that I just saw that was just sent to me from, uh, uh, let's see here, from, uh, well, not from him, but Sam Vecini, who does some pretty good work. He said, Arizona had Kirk Risa play the worst game of his life. Ben Matherin missed five bunnies, had a Tabellus that uh, didn't look right, and was within eight at UCLA with eight minutes left. If you're selling Arizona stock tonight, I'll buy all of it. I agree with that. Arizona did not play well. And you know what? It, it, it's it none of that. Like it, what? Mike, Mike, it's none of that. All of those things are true, but Arizona was just overwhelmed. Okay. Mentally I agree tonight. You right. know, it, 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 it was like, it, and, 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 and to some degree, they wilted like sunflowers. Mm-hmm. And that was the frustration. I think it wasn't that it wasn't that they didn't try or anything. Arizona always tries. You know, it was just one of those nights where things weren't clicking, and the team across from you was just more physically able to impose their will from about minute four all the way to the end. Is it a concern? Yes, against good teams, it's a concern. How many good teams are out there that can do that? I don't know, a handful. But if you want to go deep into the tournament, if you want to win the damn thing then you're going to have to get to a point where you are able to amp that up to a more significant level to make the deep run that folks want you to make. And this was the one time tonight. It's not the one time this year where Arizona's had a bad performance. Arizona's had its share of, you know, some difficult moments here and there. But it was the one time tonight where they were controlled for most of the game and never really could get into it. So 
what we expected, the Arizona run, okay, it's eight points. Well, UCLA was able to put it to 13, and Arizona never threatened again. It was that kind of thing that UCLA armed linked this game. And even though it was close, really, if you look back at it retroactively, the Cats weren't in it. And right. that's and that's the area of frustration. Do I think it's the end of the world? Of course not, by any stretch. Do I think Arizona's a top 10 team? Probably. Do I think Arizona's going to beat UCLA and McHale February 3rd? Yeah, I do. So all of those things play into effect. But there were concerns that Arizona clearly has to address as a coaching staff tonight, and we'll see how good they are at it. You know, a couple. There were a few bright spots. First of all, I agree with a couple people out there. I think that I think Justin Kyer should have played a little bit more out there. Um, I liked when he was out there. He missed a couple uh, buckets around the hoop, or bucket. He yeah, he missed a couple baskets around the hoop. But one guy too that he didn't do much in the first second half, but. I was pretty tough on him for the majority of the season. And John Schuster, like the wise sage that he is, said throughout. That means old. Yes, correct. He said, you know what? He's going to be good. He's going to be okay for you guys. Pella Larson was the best player for Arizona in the first half. He just was. I think he had eight points, picked up a couple charges, um, didn't really do anything with the ball like from the dribbling perspective that he shouldn't be doing out there. I was very impressed with Pella Larson right there. And... He's become more consistent out there as well. And I think you said uh, you were the one that said on the phone, you're like, I think you're going to see a very consistent Pella Larson. I think consistency is important. And uh, the the reason that Larson stands out in terms of consistency is because he looked lost in the first half of the season. Mm -hmm. That kind of glue player is nice to have on the roster. Right. Another guy who, by the way, I don't think necessarily played poorly tonight, but when everybody else plays better, you talk about how you don't notice him, but right. when everybody else plays bad, you forget him completely and just kind of lump him into everything else. Dalen Terry was fine tonight. Yeah, he was. He's, he, he, he's, he's, he's also like Larson. They're both glue guys who can, who can be solid and, 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 and generally speaking, give you what they need. I think every roster needs that. I'm pleased from a depth standpoint that Larson appears to understand it, appears to be getting healthy, appears to be better. And I think he's the most deceptively athletic, take this for what it's worth. I think he's the most deceptively athletic player on the team. Right. And that may be because you look at him and you think, well, he's the least athletic guy on the team, but man, he gets to every spot on the floor that he ultimately wants to. Right. Somehow sure. that happens. Right, for sure. Yeah, and you know, and this is another thing. I think uh, Mr. Thiel makes another good point. Here's a question for everyone talking about benching people. Who are you going to play? I mean, you got Shane Noel, Adama Ball, Tabellus's brother, and some walk-ons. So, I mean, this is your roster you're going to have. So, you know, I mean, it, it's going to be those eight guys right there. But uh, let's see here. No player. This is an interesting one for me. I, I don't necessarily agree with this because my problem with Kerr was in, I think, in other avenues, to be quite honest with you. He missed a lot of shots. I get that. But I, I, have, a, I have a feel that he's going to start making more of those shots. My problem, though, is that defense <laughs> – There's nowhere to go I mean, with yeah, that. I mean, I mean, heck, he can make two, and he's shooting 200% better than he was. So, you know, I mean, so there's that, ang there's that angle right there. Um, oh, real quick – DraftKings Sportsbook app, there's another angle, though, that, you know what, we've already thrown it out twice. We can't help you anymore if you don't take the help. You put down $5 on any of the NFL games this week, and if your team wins, you get $280 in free plays. That's simple, that easy. Give you an idea. If your team wins and you're like, you know what, I'm going to back the A next week, 
I'm going to pick Arizona to win uh, against UCLA. And you got the $280. Ka-ching! You could turn that into something even more. And that's why you want to get on the DraftKings Sportsbook app, code word PHNX. All right. I don't – listen, you never want anybody to go over 12. To me, my issue was still more in the first 10 minutes or so of the game where I think the tempo was really set and the Tiger Campbell got nine points within about the first four minutes of the game, if I'm not mistaken. And also turned Kirk Creasa over four or five times to the point where they're trying to get the ball out of his hand. That was, to me, more concerning than the over 12, John Schuster. Uh the reality of the situation is that Kerr is going to take shots. Mm-hmm. The reality of the situation is that Arizona that, that, that is that Lloyd is going to let his team take shots. Right. The philosophy is you're going to continue to do the same thing on the offensive end, and those shots are going to fall. And as the game progresses, you're going to wear down the other team because that style works. Right. Um, is the is Creasa ever going to go over twelve again? Right. Let's hope not. Maybe it got him. Maybe it got out of his system. Hey. You know, his namesake, Steve Kerr, was two for something in the final four game, and it's haunted Arizona fans, you know, since that happened almost 35 years ago. So maybe this was Carissa's bad game in the regular season. He's not going to do that in the tournament. That, I think, mm-hmm. is a legitimate concern because it could ha- because he wants to take big shots, right. which is great. Which is great, for sure. It really is a it, – it's a great testament to his overall fortitude, and he thought he could make – He's 0 for 6, he's 0 for 7, so what? I'm going to make number 8, and I'm going right. to make number 9. And I'm, he kept the, – the, the bigger issue – bigger may, may not be the right word. The other – the parallel issue is something that you talked about, and that is also on offense that he turned the ball over quite a bit. Right. Which means that there were people across from him who disrupted what he wanted to do on the offense, and in turn that disrupted what Arizona – wanted to effectively do offensively as well. And those are things that have to get cleaned up. For sure. Uh, there were again, there were a lot of shots first throughout the game. How about the first half? Both half first half more notably, I think. In the second half, Arizona was clearly pressing, trying to get back into it. They were confident enough to believe it was going to happen until about six minutes left when it obviously wasn't going to. Is I thought Arizona had some pretty good looks, some makeable looks that they've made a lot that just didn't go in tonight. Yeah, and I agree with that. Hopefully that's a one-off. And if Arizona makes some of those, there's a little bit more confidence. It becomes a little bit more interesting game. Just didn't fall for him tonight. And that's and that's an unusual place to be. We find out in some of the games against difficult competition, how are they going to react against USC? USC is a defensive monster. Mm-hmm. So Arizona could have offensive struggles in that matchup as well. What happens when that happens? What happens when they play Oregon? Oregon is a, I know Oregon lost tonight. Right. Oregon is a physical monstrosity. So if you're worried about Arizona being soft, Oregon could be a problem. Those are the types of teams on the immediate schedule that can create some difficulties perhaps. And, and, and it's something they may be good lessons for the cats that they, that Arizona needs once it gets into the tournament, but hopefully the coaching staff can take this, recognize that you got humbled, Use it as a learning experience, and we'll see if Arizona can build from it. All right, one thing you don't need to use as a learning experience, this, the Back the A t-shirts. You need to get these. A lot of people got them today, and you know what? You can be part of those people as well. Get on to the GoPHNX, go to the locker, and you know what? Get the t-shirts. Here's the deal, too. 
if you buy a year membership, you get a free back the A t-shirt. It's really that simple. It's that easy. Make that happen. All right. Let's get it back to the all right. Let's let's get back to the some of this right here. Uh snazzy. I agree. All right. Let's see here. Mr. Thiel, Shu is spitting facts tonight. Love the honesty because he's 100% right. That's why we like Shu around here. Okay. You're very kind. All right. Let's see here. Now, let's get to uh, Mike Zaniga. Says, the shot selection was terrible. It was hero ball. Sean and Sean and even Loot would have sat him immediately after some of those attempts that killed Arizona runs. Here, where's? let me ask you this, and I'm curious as to all your guys' takes out there as well. Where is the where is the fine line here? And here's what I mean by this. Jason Gardner, who Jason Gardner's number is retired up in McHale Center. I don't think he's that good, but the point he's still a very, very good player in Arizona lore. There's no doubt about that. I can't tell you how many games I watched where Jalen or Jalen, where Jason Gardner went four of 23 or three of 18. Or, I mean, his field goal percentage, if I'm not mistaken, was something like 37% or something. So, Lute obviously gave guys like that that he trusted. Is just, does it just come down to a matter of trust, Schuster? Yeah. Or, yeah, I mean, I is, so. is it pretty I, much I that so. simple? And, and there's an interesting point that was made um, uh, about the, <laughs> the desire to play, you know, hero ball versus, you know, that Arizona got a little too selfish tonight. I'm honestly not sure it would have mattered tonight. Because right. when Arizona got the ball on the inside, that wasn't working. When they tried to shoot threes, clearly that wasn't working. Right. When they had a bunch of passes on possessions, that wasn't working. When they tried to play one-on-one -on -one ball, whether it was Matherin or Creasa, that wasn't working either. Uh, so there was just a lot of stuff that wasn't working. But I get the point. Uh, but there are times where Arizona has had to rely on players making big shots Reese has been one of the guys who has done that. Matherin's been another guy who has done that at right. different points in the game. So this is this. I I think Lloyd more often than not is going to trust that kind of performance. But I think the folks out there make a good point from a long term standpoint that every once in a while, pump the brakes isn't the right term, but understand the moment that you're playing in and try to stay within what it is that you do. And had Lloyd benched Creesa and gotten that point across. Maybe there's something to that, um, and and that's something that maybe wasn't going to benefit Arizona tonight, but maybe it does over the course of the season. Perhaps that's the case. Because one of the things that I think has been really interesting, at least observationally, and that's all we have, I don't know how Lloyd talks to, to Bellis, and I don't know how he talks to Matherin. Or, I expect you uh, to know. But we see, we've seen a fair amount of conversations with he and Kerr. And one of the things that has jumped out at us is that it's a very conversational exchange. There's a lot, there's, there, he will, Lloyd will listen as much as Lloyd will talk, but sometimes maybe Lloyd's got to take the reins and in essence say, dude, get it under control. Right. And, and let's, you know, maybe that was something that if Lloyd reflects a little bit on it tonight, the way that he handled Creasa, he may perceive as being problematic and, you know, maybe, I, I maybe do it's something that he builds upon as well. I do prefer, though, the way that uh, this was done. And uh, uh, Barrett Hartman, and another interesting point right here, um, that just leaves Kerr and Matherin. The one thing, though, that I do like, that I didn't like at all about Miller, is I am not a proponent, especially with college kids, uh, well, pro guys as well, of if you take a bad shot, I'm taking you out of the game. Because that, to me, especially when you're dealing with a, spo a, a spontaneous guy like Kerr, and again, 
my issue with Kerr isn't his isn't his shooting. Mine is just more of kind of the fake bravado out there because I don't I don't think it I don't think it serves a purpose. Okay, honest. Mike, let me ask you this, and I may be asking this on behalf of some of the other folks here as well. Mm-hmm. You don't take him out because he takes one bad shot, but do you take him out because he took five? That's that's the that's that's the problem. And yes, I probably would have sat him. I probably would have said, "All right, you know, I know this is your game. I'm going to let you keep going. We just need to we we need to work it around. I don't have a problem taking shots, but when you come up down and you're not hitting, that to me is a well, little bit the, yeah. That to me is the issue. Like with Salim Stoudemire, if Salim Stoudemire is two of twelve, I'm fine with you continuing because you know what? I've seen you go for thirty five in literally about twelve minutes. And we've seen what three or four times this year where Creases hit huge shots late. Right. You know, for so sure. he doesn't yeah, he sure. doesn't back down from the moment. This was this was just a night where things were not working for them. Right. And working for them as a whole. And right. and Creasa is obviously the lightning rod because he was 0 for twelve. But again, like we talked about a little bit earlier, there are a lot of Wildcats who didn't play good basketball tonight. And the team as a whole got absolutely dominated. And frankly, Lloyd, and this is rare, Lloyd got dominated as a coach tonight. Mm. It's annoying, but Cronin's scouting is really good. Right. Cronin can coach. For sure. He had, he implemented, and and, and we've seen Lloyd do this kind of thing too, where they've got simple things in place that does a nice job scouting the opponent and limiting them. Cronin was excellent negating what Arizona wants to do tonight. And, and and he and UCLA deserve so much credit for a very impressive performance at Pauley. Yes, absolutely. And that was a hire, too. And I got to tip my cap a little bit to UCLA right here. We won't tip our cap to ASU because we plan on being – oh, by the way, I would not want to be ASU coming off this UCLA performance with Arizona. That's not going to be good if our guy Shane Diefenbach is out there listening. Probably not going to be good for you guys, but we'll talk about that one later. Um, But Mick Cronin was a home run hire, and I didn't see it at the time. I thought that, you know what, it looked like a guy at – he had good. He had success certainly at Cincinnati, but he was also more of a. They never really went anywhere. Like they would get knocked out in the first or second round. I think you're also seeing those some of the limitations of coaching at Cincinnati, where you know when you're at UCLA, you're going to get basically whatever players you do want to be able to get. So uh, Cronin, as long as Cronin's at UCLA, I would expect them to be good. Um, By the way, as a whole, even with this performance tonight, I look at this conference. And I'm not sure it's going to get more than the four bids. But those four teams, I think, eh, Oregon won't be seated as favorably as it deserves. But all four of the teams at the top end of this league are real mismatch problems for a lot of other opponents once you get into the NCAA tournament. Arizona plays fast and relentless and still plays good defense. And again, UCLA scored 75 points and was not good offensively in the second half in this game. It was just that UCLA was good defensively for 40 minutes. UCLA has as much maturity and moxie as any team in college basketball. USC is the longest team in college basketball, and their defense is nasty. And Oregon's physicality backs down to nobody. The top end of this league, once it shakes down, I think could be a real problem. And all four of those teams have excellent opportunities to make serious runs in the tournament. All right, here's something to remind yourself, too. COVID-19 vaccines are free for everyone five and older. Those 12 and older are also now eligible for a booster. Visit azhealth.gov for a location near you. I got mine. So you know what? If you can, get yours. 
All right, guys, we're going to sign off right here. Um, everybody, again, we had, uh, oh gosh, we had well, we had over 150 <laughs> comments. I'm very sorry that I couldn't get to all of you. You guys are absolutely fantastic. We will be back with you Saturday talking about, well, before then, but we'll be back with you Saturday talking about an Arizona beatdown of ASU, which, you know what, if we're not talking about that, then maybe there's something a little bit more going on, but I don't expect that to really be the case. For uh, John Schuster and everybody out there, I'm Mike Luke. Thanks so much. We'll be back with you. You've been listening to the AZ Wildcats podcast. Mm-hmm.